I'm Brendan Marcello alongside Keith Niebuhr. It is the Auburn Undercover Recruiting Special Podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us uh, this week. It's a busy week, uh, one in which you probably wanted to envision three, four years ago. But, Keith, uh, the early signing period is here, the very first uh, in college football history. And for Auburn, uh, that means – Quite a few uh, players signing with Auburn uh, starting on Wednesday. And I think a lot of people, the misconception is Wednesday is the only day to sign, but it's actually, what, a 72-hour period. But I guess kind of just give us a quick primer on what Auburn fans should expect. Is this going to be like National Signing Day in a lot of instances for Auburn? Or is this a situation where it's – you know, uh, February is going to be just as important, or is this really kind of the big day for this year? I mean, to be honest with you, this is really the big day in, in many, many senses because, right, you know, right now, Brandon Auburn's got 20 commitments, the number nine recruiting class in the country, and they're going to lock up a lot of these guys. Uh, once you sign, you're, you're in. And so, you know, you're in the class, you've secured your spot and they've secured you. And, you know, it used to be that you had to wait all the way till February. Now your early enrollees, it didn't, you know, they were on campus and, and all that stuff, but everybody else, you know, you had to wait until February. And that means as a staff, you had to keep visiting kids every week, even though they were committed, you know, now they're not going to not visit some of these kids, but the, the visits won't be as intense. Let's say once a kid signs, I'll give you an example, Quindarius Monday, you're not going to have to fight off Clemson any longer. He's already at Auburn right. going through practices right now, but he's going to sign, and so you're, you're done. You're done with that. Uh, now he was an early enrollee, so you're ending that a little bit earlier, but, uh, as an early enrollee, he really didn't have to sign in the past or, you know, until February, but he, he would show up in January, let's say, or some of them showed up in bowl practices. Sure. But you still had to fight tooth and nail those last couple of weeks until January. Uh, you know, we saw that with, uh, Najee Harris, the, the talented young Alabama running back where people were fighting tooth and nail for him up until the last minute until he showed up on campus at Alabama, you know, right after New Year's. So you don't have to worry about that. So a guy like Michael Harris, a four-star linebacker from Tucker, you know, who uh, maybe Ohio State decides, hey, let's make a late run at this guy. Well, they can't do that anymore. He's not an early enrollee, but he's going to sign this week. He's done. He signed, sealed, and delivered to Auburn as of Wednesday. So Auburn now with 20 guys committed, three of them that we think, we think three of them are not going to sign early. They're still going to take official visits. Well, two of them, but Auburn feels good about those guys. But generally speaking, the bulk of your classes is, is locked in. So you can really focus as a staff on your remaining targets. You can give them all the attention they need. And really, you know where you stand. You know, going to National Signing Day in the past, and, and now it's a little bit different in recent years because there's been a lot more early enrollees, but it used to be even going into that final week, you never really knew what would happen. I mean, you think a guy's solid, you keep visiting him, and you didn't know, but now most of those guys are going to be locked up. So Auburn can take a look at its needs after this signing period, see where they sit, and really focus and zero in on their top remaining targets. And I, I think, you know, we've heard college coaches say they don't like it, it's getting in the way of their bowl preparation. They're having to host too many visitors late in the season. I've heard all these things. But now, between now and signing day, or once this period's over and, and February signing day, I think that it's going to be easier for them. And it's certainly going to be easier for people like you and, and I, Brandon, who follow this, uh, because there's less names we're going to have to track. So I, I don't know. I think it's just an adjustment period for all these coaches. I think eventually they'll be fine. Of course, there's been a lot of blowback. It almost makes you think, Brandon, that it might not be around for long. Yeah, it's strange. You know, every conference except for one, I think, agreed to this. And now all of a sudden you're hearing coaches saying, 
Well, we don't quite know about this. Um, it's very strange after a lot of people were pushing for it. Now they're kind of sitting back going, well, maybe it's not for the best. My Personally, my question uh, for a lot of people, and you talk to the kids much more than, than I do, obviously, is how's it affecting the athletes themselves as they're going through a football season of their own, trying to make a decision, and then really when it gets heated, when these schools are really trying to say, hey, are you going to sign with this early, or not early, but yeah, in the early signing period in late December, a lot of them are still in the playoffs um, in late November and early December. How's it affecting these kids and their coaches and, and their high school teams? I'll be honest with you. I think, and, and I, I don't think I'm wrong on this, I think most of the kids, are. it's kind of a relief. It's over with. You know what I mean? So in a sense, they have to cram it all in. But remember, the cycles have been pushed up and up and up. In other words, kids start getting recruited at much yeah. earlier ages now. So they're kind of, you know, by the time their senior season starts, the vast majority, more than 50-50 for sure, they kind of already have an idea where they're going to go. If they're not already committed, then they're they're leaning in a certain direction. They watch the teams. I think the question really is, you know, this really hurts a school that makes a coaching change. You know, in the old days, yeah, Brandon, I'm a lot older than you. I went to the University of Florida, as everybody on the site knows. They give me enough crap about it. But when I when I was a, a high school senior, Florida hired Steve Spurrier, I believe, on December 31st. And I think they either announced it that day. Maybe they introduced them on January 1st, whatever, but either the 31st or the 1st. Well, you can't do that anymore. You've got to get a guy in place early, much earlier, and then he only has a couple of weeks, him and his new staff, and quite frankly, the new staff isn't there yet because guys can't leave their old jobs, all of them. You know what I mean? You can bring a couple assistants, and then you're stuck with the old guys, and you're trying to convince kids what your vision's going to be, and you've only got two guys that you're on your staff that are actually going to be there after this early signing period. And, you know, how quickly can you build a relationship with a kid? And and I think that is where it's really fascinating because you've got schools. Look at look Tennessee, Florida, Mississippi State. These coaches are busting their humps trying to get these kids to believe in them and trust them. You know, trust can be built. It you know, has to generally be built over a long period of time. You know, Cody Burns, Auburn's young receivers coach, he picked up a big commitment on Thanksgiving of Seth Williams, the four-star receiver from Tuscaloosa. He'd been working on that guy for well over a year, like a year and a half, okay? That was all about relationship and trust. And, you know, so if Auburn had, let's say, made a coaching change, if Gus doesn't win those two big games in November and maybe Auburn goes in another direction and a new guy comes in, well, how does Seth Williams know Cody Burns is going to be there? What kind of offense are they going to run? He doesn't know the new head coach. He may meet him once or twice before the early signing period. So that's where it becomes problematic. But in a situation like an Auburn or an Alabama or Georgia where you've got some coaching staff stability, now that you're going to lose some assistance here and there, but stability at the top, stability with your coordinators, uh, that makes it a lot easier. You have a, a much greater advantage uh, over some of these other schools. And I think that is where – it's confusing for a kid. And, you know, Auburn's recruiting a kid right now, Jerome Carvin. And as we record this, he's set to make a decision on signing day Wednesday on the first day of the signing period, uh, the early signing period, four-star offensive tackle from Tennessee. And, um, you know, he was all uh, Alabama for a while. And then they kind of went in a different direction. Mississippi State moved in front. Tennessee kind of was in there, then fell out when Butch Jones got fired. Florida made a coaching change. Well, Dan Mullen leaves Mississippi State, which had led goes to Florida, then it looks like Florida may lead Brandon, then he's going to visit there, then he can't visit there, then he now moves uh, in the direction of looking at Tennessee, 
and Mississippi State's new staff is recruiting them hard, and they think they've got a shot, and Tennessee thinks they've got a shot, and Auburn thinks they've got a shot. And this kid's head is spinning, and to make matters worse, he's one of those really nice young guys, Brandon, that can't say no to anybody. So nobody knows what this guy's going to do. And he is, you, so you may be asking, well, why doesn't he just wait? Well, he's an early enrollee. He has worked his tail off to be a guy that could graduate this month and start somewhere in January, and he wants to have a decision. He he earned it in his mind. And now he's got to deal with new coaches at all these schools. You know what I mean? And so it's it's very confusing for this young man. And uh, uh, so that's where it's problematic. But by and large, though, Brandon, I think this early signing period is advantageous for the kid. I think if they want a spot, they can grab it now. A lot of these schools say, okay, you can sign uh, and you're in. And, it, and if you don't sign, you may not have that spot. But in the old days, if you, when the you know, old days being last year, with no early signing period, maybe a team got to January and said, well, boy, I don't know. You know, we want a lot of games. Now people are calling us. Maybe we need to drop a couple of guys. And those kids get kind of left in the dust. And some of them turn out to be fantastic and have great stories. And other ones end up sometimes not even at power five schools when they were committed to schools like, you know, Auburn, Florida State, you know, whatever. So I think it's to the advantage of the kid right now and maybe not to the advantage of a coach because coaches, Brandon, are like uh, the rest of us. They're human beings. What do people do? Uh, They trade up. You get a new car, you're trading up. You get a new house, you're trading up. Uh, We know guys that trade up uh, with the people they date (laughs) and women. As a matter of fact, I've been traded up on multiple times, Brandon. So, you know, I think now, though, it's a it's a pretty good little advantage for a, a high level recruit. Again, another place where it gets tricky. And I know I'm going on and on. What if you're committed to a Memphis good program, but you're waiting for a school like Auburn to offer? And there is a situation like that with a, a young man, a cornerback out of Birmingham named C.D. Daniels. He's waiting for a school like Auburn to offer and he's probably not going to sign this week. Well, that's kind of cruel to Memphis who has recruited him all the way through, uh, but he's hoping he can trade up. And But, you know, on the flip side of that, what if Memphis says, you know, we found somebody else. We don't even need you anymore. So it's, it can be a dangerous game for a mid-level recruit. The high-level guys are always going to be in a great spot. Yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned the coaches, you know, them having to be, uh, be hired quickly. I mean, yeah. look at uh, Scott Frost at UCF. He is preparing for a bowl game to coach that game. He's also recruiting for Nebraska right now with all of his nine assistants, by the way, from UCF, recruiting for Nebraska until the dead period hits, and then they're going completely full tilt into game mode, preparing for the Peach Bowl against Auburn, uh, UCF is. It's very interesting to kind of watch and see that. And as a result of that, because of how, it, obviously he's the new Nebraska coach, but just how involved he's been already with Nebraska, I've been hearing stories about Nebraska fans buying t- tickets to the Peach Bowl just to watch Scott Frost coach and watch his offense and watch those assistants and the way they interact with those players. It's very interesting, and and a lot of that has to do with uh, this early signing period. Now, with Auburn, uh, six kids, uh, if I'm not mistaken, have already arrived on campus, Um, and there's a few more, a couple more, that will arrive in January as early signees. I want to focus on... Uh, two guys uh, uh, specifically, not necessarily both early enrollees, but will sign in this class uh, this month. Joey Gatewood, of course, the quarterback who has been committed to Auburn for two years now, uh, and Daquan Newkirk uh, out of Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College, a defensive tackle. Two guys that have been with Auburn since the beginning, really, and stuck with it, never really kind of wavered. You know, you always thought, you know, maybe something will happen, but. Nothing ever really happened with them 
And what's that say about the recruiting for Auburn in this class, those two guys? Well, it says a lot in two things. I think it says a lot about the Auburn program. Because when you look back, the main guy on the recruitments of both of those kids, Daquan Newkirk and uh, Joey Gatewood, are gone. They're not at Auburn anymore. So there was a transitional period. Remember, even though Rodney Garner became Daquan Newkirk's primary recruiter, it initially started as him being a Will Muschamp evaluation. Remember Will Muschamp? He used to be the defensive coordinator at Auburn. (laughs) Back in 2015, Will had this young man out of camp. See, Will coming from Florida knew all about this young man, Daquan Newkirk, who was a raw talent from the Orlando area, tall, kind of skinny, not not skinny like, you know, twiggy skinny, but skinny compared to where he is now at 6'3", 290. He was probably 6'3", and 240 back then. Long arms, big body, really impressed them at camp. They offered, he committed, but then he didn't qualify. But instead of waiting until the end of the year, they did something. I don't know whether he took a GED or not. I don't re- quite remember all the details, but in, the, in January of 2016, Rather than staying in high school, he went straight to Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College to get a jump on his junior college career, not his football career, his academic career. He took an academic redshirt that fall, uh, and then this past season was probably the best player on the Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College team, which is one of the better junior college programs in the country year in and year out. He did not have a great season this year, but he certainly did. Uh, but he stuck with Auburn. They, he said other people kind of you know, didn't think he was going to make it, left them. And it left him high and dry, and he thought, you know, look, I always liked Auburn during my high school recruitment. Why not stick with him, even though Will wasn't there? And credit Rodney Garner and and, uh, and the rest of the staff, including Gus Malzahn, for making sure that they put the nail in the coffin on that one, shut that door. I, I'm mixing all my things here, but uh, <laughs> basically they shut everybody out. And they said, look, this right. is where you belong. You're going to be in the rotation. You're going to play. And because he took that year to concentrate on academics, he's got three years to play three seasons. So, you know, maybe he's good enough to go pro early. We don't know, but they may get three full seasons out of him. That doesn't always happen with a junior college guy. He arrived this weekend for his official visit and he's now back at Auburn and practicing. He gets to go through a few bowl practices with the Tigers. He was uh, nervous, I will say that, surprisingly for a guy that's as big as strong and nasty as him. But I think he'll catch on quickly. And Auburn, the one thing we know about Rodney Garner is he works guys in a rotation, so he'll play. Uh, and then 2019 will be his year because when you're losing all these guys, and this is your domain, Brandon, but they're going to be losing a lot of dudes on that defensive line after the next season. And they're right. going to need, I like Daquan Newkirk to come in. Now, Joey Gatewood, similar situation, befriended Rhett Lashley, Auburn's former offensive coordinator. I mean, they were like brothers and Lashley was a father figure to him all at once. And, and he almost single-handedly is the reason why Joey committed to Auburn. And I always say Joey didn't waver well, he never really considered any other schools once he committed to Auburn over Florida State. And, and by the way, back in the day, you know, he's gotten a lot of criticism because he shared time with another quarterback in high school. And right, right. Love to dog Joey Gatewood for some reason. He's just a popular person to pick on because he's been getting so much attention since his freshman year. But, uh, but uh, you know, he after well, when he picked Auburn over Florida State, I should say in December of 2015. At the time, he was number one on FSU's quarterback board, and boy, I'll tell you what, you know, Jimbo Fisher uh, seems like he's got a lot of faults, <laughs> you know what I mean? But he can coach, and he can coach quarterbacks, and, and it's probably not fair to say he's got a lot of faults. It's just funny to see everybody criticizing him now, but he can coach quarterbacks, and he's had all those guys go in the first round, and he had Joey Gatewood at the top of his board, and they were on a pro-style offense, Jimbo yeah. Fisher. Gus runs a completely different offense, and and Auburn had him number one on the board. I think that says a lot about the ability that Joey Gatewood has. Now, 
untapped. He's got a long way to go. But uh, but when Rhett Lashley left last year for UConn, I will say this. Joey was shattered by that. He was devastated and told me over the phone, point blank, I'm decommitting this week. I'll let you know I'm decommitting. Well, he got to meet Chip Lindsey, the new offensive coordinator who replaced Rhett. And they it took a little while, but he gave them time. And ultimately, I don't think it was, it was uh, at – uh, the equivalent of love at first sight. I mean, I don't think they hit it off right away, but it didn't take long. And he now feels very comfortable with Chip. He trusts Chip. He thinks he's going to get a fair shot at quarterback. And quite frankly, even if it doesn't work out at quarterback, and, and who's to say whether it will or won't, we, we don't know. It, anybody that thinks he could play tight end in the NFL is probably right. I mean, you've seen him, Brandon. He's a giant. Of yeah, a, big dude. He's massive. He's a freakish athlete. I've had college coaches – uh, kind of, you know, off the record, of course, tell me that they don't see guys his size move like that. But that those were two big commitments. And again, where I say it says a lot about the Auburn program because you, they did have coaching changes. Guys that were recruiting them left, but Auburn continues to chug along. Auburn sells itself a lot of the time. So I think that also played a role in it. Give Rodney Garner credit, give Chip Lindsey credit, but Auburn is Auburn. Yeah, you're exactly right, and especially in this region. They, they've never had a problem with Alabama, Georgia, and Florida kids. And when they get in early on them, they have a shot if they uh, get their attention early. All right, so six guys already on campus, um, as I mentioned. Uh, It looks like, uh, based off of just what we know as of Monday, on Wednesday, the first day of this new signing period, probably about 15 kids are going to sign, then maybe two more on Thursday. I guess kind of just take us through what to expect on this new early signing day for Auburn. What kind of players Auburn's going to be getting? Who stands out to you? And do you – this is a loaded question, but do you see well, you, this as a day that uh, will be a lot like the first Wednesday in February as far as the letters rolling in? Or is this something that's just going to be everything's in in the morning and it's all done and Auburn's got its recruiting class pretty much all locked up? I'm going to be honest, Brandon. I'm not a five-part question guy. I can't remember what <laughs> – I remember the last part, so you have to refresh my memory. But uh, is it going to be just like a regular signing day? Pretty much. I mean, in terms of at the end of the day, I think Gus Malzahn's going to have a press conference after practice, after their bowl practice, and talk about it. And I think they're going to be pretty excited. But they're not going to have, you know, AuburnTigers.com, the official website of the school. I don't think they're going to do any show tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I don't think it's going to be have the normal hoopla. I think some schools are going to do it that way. But Auburn's going to keep it pretty simple. When a when a letter of intent comes in. They're going to tweet it out and they're going to put it on their Facebook page and everybody will have to follow that. We'll keep everybody up to date, obviously. Uh, so there, I just, you know, it's weird. I don't think, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, Brandon. We don't really know what to expect. Is there going to be any drama? I don't know. You know, Auburn's still in it with Jerome Carvin. We mentioned earlier, uh, he's going to have a decision that day. If they don't feel good about him, they're probably going to push for Jalen Goss, a, a big offensive tackle out of Valdosta, Georgia. Maybe he signs early. Maybe he doesn't. But it's just going to be one letter of intent after the other coming through the day. And in fact, you know, some of our sites in the 24-7 Sports Network have a complete schedule of what time these kids intend to send their letters in. I've asked every single Auburn commit and not one knew what time they were doing it. And I, I think in a way that's frustrating for us. But in another hand, on another in another way, it says that this is just uh, these kids just want to get it done. They're ready to be Tigers. They don't need hoopla. They don't need a show. They don't. You know what I mean? Like, I think Auburn's probably happy that it's like that. 
Yeah, they pride themselves on being a workmanlike program. And that, you know, we talked to Joey Gatewood the other day and I, and I said, what time are you doing? He says, I don't know and I don't care. I'm not making a big deal out of it. When I get to school, I'm sending it in. I'm an Auburn Tiger. And I, they've got a lot of guys like that. And, uh, you know, we'll see. I think some of the schools will probably have some ceremonies for these young guys. But but right. generally speaking, I don't think there's going to be a ton of hoopla or anything like that. They're just going to come in one after the other. And it's a solid group. I think there could be up to 17 by the end of the day. By the end of the day, Thursday, certainly there'll be 17, maybe 18 if they get another commitment. But that first day is going to be busy. They're going to be coming in one after the other. Um, what were some of the other parts of that question? Yeah, I was just asking who, who really kind of stands out. Who is the crown jewel or crown jewels okay. of the of this early signing period in your well, eyes? Yeah, on offense, I think you, you start with Asa Martin, the running back, the Gatorade right, player right. here in the state of Alabama, four-star kid, 2,200-plus yards, you know, monster senior season. Also, by the way, can catch the ball out of the backfield. And, you know, uh, that really uh, a lot of people compare him to carry on Johnson. And there's some that have told me that they think he's going to be better than carry on. I'll believe it when I see it. And that's no knock on Asa. But carry on to me is a pretty special talent. But Asa Martin, obviously, out of Decatur, Austin, big one. At, also at the receiver position or also on offense at the receiver position, I really like Everybody they have coming in. Shedrick Jackson's really good, but Seth Williams, this kid out of the Tuscaloosa area. That was man, big time. That was big I time. Mean, I mean, you know, for whatever reason, he was never in love with Bama, and maybe they weren't in love with him. I don't know, but I can tell you that FSU wanted him, and Auburn loved him. I mean, they consider him in that category with Justin Ross, who's the number one player in the state, a receiver out of Phoenix City Central. This young guy is 6'3, 215. I mean, he can be a guy that catches fade passes, he can go down the field. Or he can go over the middle. He's a big kid. I mean, he's only going to get bigger. He's probably going to be a 230-pound receiver at some point. He's also, I believe, I want to say either first or second in the high jump at state last year. So he's a terrific athlete. So tall, long arms, and can jump through the roof. That's a heck of a catch radius. And then he's big. So, you know, I don't think he's a guy, Brandon, that's a burner. He's got some Duke Williams in him. You know what I mean? He's got some of that in the guy that I compare him to, Mike Williams, the former great receiver at Southern Cal that was a big oh, physical goodness. Yeah. Yeah, big physical receiver from Tampa that didn't really wow you with his 40 times. But, man, he was unstoppable in college. And, and, and I'm not saying Seth Williams is going to be that effective, but that's who he reminds me of, probably a better athlete than Mike Williams, to be honest with you. So I like those guys, uh, and, and I'm sure I'm going to miss somebody, obviously. On defense, boy – He's not an early enrollee, but he's going to sign this week. I love linebacker Michael Harris out of Tucker, Georgia. He's always at Auburn. I, I feel bad for him that he's not an early enrollee. He was there this past weekend. He is always there. He cannot wait to be an Auburn Tiger. He loves Travis Williams uh, more than you think would be possible of anybody loving their, a coach who's going to be screaming at them for the next few years. But <laughs> he loves that guy. And Mike Harris, I'm telling you about this kid. You know, he picked Auburn over over Georgia and I, Ohio State a little bit, although they kind of went in another direction. He was probably next on their list. And, and remember, you know, Ohio State's got the number one recruiting class in the country right now. So you say people say, well, I don't want to take their scraps. But, you know, I mean, I think every team in the country would would take this guy if they could. Believe me, he, he'll run through a wall. He's extremely physical. He almost reminds me of Tadarian Moultrie back in high school. Brandon, he almost plays too hard. He knocks himself out of games. I've been to a couple games this year. Twice he knocked himself out of the game from hitting guys too hard, okay? <laughs> so he's got to learn to actually play with a little bit more control. I mean, most guys, you're lighting a fire under their butts to, to play harder. This guy, you got to kind of calm him down. So I really love him. Uh, and then in the secondary, you know, we already mentioned Daquan Newkirk. I think he's going to play. Yeah. But in the secondary, the two safeties, man, Quindarius Monday out of Atlanta and Jamie and Sherwood who is out of Jensen Beach, Florida. These two guys are going to be in the rotation in year one. 
Uh, Quindarius Monday probably, I think, I'm guessing, is a free safety. Jamie and Sherwood is a strong safety. But the unique thing about these guys is they both could probably play either or. Uh, I'm not sure Sherwood is quite fast enough to be an effective free safety. But, boy, you could put him down in the box. He can hit. He's as big as a linebacker. They love these two guys. Um, and when Jamie and Sherwood committed, he was a three-star recruit. And people around the Auburn complex would kind of whisper, yeah, he's better than that. You guys are missing the boat on that. Well, his mm-hmm. senior film came out. We've now got him, I think, in the top 175 players, top 180 in the country. And he may go up again. He is a special talent. And, again, they have a need. You know, you're going to elaborate on this more during the week, Brandon. But they have a needed safety. And they got two absolute studs coming in. I mean, studs. I'll say this, um, uh, Keith. I mean, uh, we see we saw what happened this year with Jordan Peters, a freshman, yeah. came in and has played immediately. Started playing, guy. yeah, three star guy, not a highly recruited guy, but he came in, made impact early, played in the Mizzou game, and his playing time has steadily increased throughout the season. Even though Auburn doesn't necessarily have a lot of depth at safety, but they needed some help at times, and he was a guy they turned to, and is obviously going to be someone to step in next year. And they're losing Trey Matthews, of course, this, for this upcoming season, Nick Ruffin, and uh, possibly Carlton Davis at corner. Uh, the, there are some, and Stephen Roberts, of course, at safety yeah. as well. That 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 defensive backfield is a big, big need for Auburn. And if you're a freshman coming in, highly sought after guy, a guy that these coaches really like, they're going to get some opportunities to be in that rotation early next season. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I, maybe you, I don't know if you agree or disagree with me on that, but refresh my memory, did. Did Jordan Peters also get time at cornerback at any at any time? He's practiced there, yes, but he's okay. mostly uh, kind of been at nickel um, okay. a little bit. And they've and they he's really been training at three positions. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say Kevin Steele likes to do that. He likes his guys being able to play two or three positions back there. He's been playing a lot of nickel though. Well, I was going to say Quindarius Monday of the two safeties we've been mentioning, Quindarius Monday and Jamie Sherwood. Quindarius also plays corner first team. He was the best wide receiver in the city of Atlanta this year, bar none. So I think, and he's a guy they can do a lot of things with. In an emergency situation, he may be able to play corner on a bigger, slower receiver, let's say. You know what I mean? Right. I, I think these guys are bringing a lot to the table. They're winners, Okay. Now, Jamie Sherwood never played on a great team, but he elevated his team. He was the best player on the field in every game. Uh, and at Atlanta Carver, which, quite frankly, I don't think they're really known for football, was always no. a basketball school. They made it, I think, to the state semifinals this year. And far and away, Quindarius Monday was the best player on offense and the best player on defense for that team, elevating his team. They're winners. They expect to win. They play hard. They play hard every down. They're smart. They're coachable. And they think they're going to be NFL guys in three years, and they're going to do everything they can do to get there. Okay, so beyond this early signing period when Auburn maybe gets 17, 18 guys, uh, or, or should I say before we get to that, really the only maybe the possible drama for Auburn will yeah. involve Jer- Jerome, right? Carvin. Well, there's okay. So they're looking at two offensive tackles right now. Jerome Carvin, who we said Mississippi State, Tennessee, Auburn. We think Florida's probably out of it. It's probably one of those three I just mentioned. Auburn, Tennessee, Mississippi State, don't really know what he's going to do. I tend to think, my gut says he's probably going to end up somewhere else. And, of course, now that I say that, he'll surprise everybody and pick Auburn. But I think probably Mississippi State or Tennessee. But we'll see. He likes Auburn a lot. Uh, if they don't get him, and maybe even if they do, because he's he's a swing guy, Brandon. He can play tackle or guard. 
Uh, I think if they, even if they get him, they'll still maybe try to take Jalen Goss an offensive tackle out of Valdosta. But if they don't get Jerome Carvin, then I think it becomes more important to then land Jalen Goss, who officially visited Auburn this past weekend, officially visited Michigan the week before. Six feet seven, 265 pounds. He basically looks like Prince Tega Wanago did a few years ago. Same kind yeah. of friend. Good, very good prospect, very raw, but had a good senior season. He's getting a lot better. Uh, you know, he's only a mid three star guy, but I can tell you, we've, you know, through checking with sources, can confirm that he is a, a priority recruit also at Michigan and Miami. And quite frankly, those two programs um, have been known for pretty good offensive line play through the years. Uh, even when Miami stunk, they were still putting guys in the NFL on the offensive line. And Michigan is an offensive line school, so I oh, think, yeah. I think he's a guy that can that they Auburn thinks they can really do a lot with. Uh, so one of those two, maybe they could get both, but. Um, Carver's going to have a decision on signing day. We are, excuse me, Wednesday, the first day of the signing period. Got to get used to saying that. Yeah. Uh, is told get kind of giving people mixed signals. I'm not sure what he's going to do, but I, I tend to think if Auburn calls him up and pushes and says, if you want in right now, let's do it. He might go for it. Uh, otherwise he might wait till January take. He still has not officially visited Miami, but I think Auburn based on the Intel from the weekend was the vibe he was giving off was, Auburn was a place he wanted to be at. We'll see. I mean, things change daily this time of year based on who else you think you can get and who else you think you're not going to get. And again, they don't have many spots remaining. 20 commitments. That's five spots, maybe six. Still digging into that. Could be up to six, but no more than six. That's for sure. And so they're having to really be, I don't know if as judicious, the right word, selective. They're really having to be selective with these final spots. Uh, and we also know, Brandon, uh, we reported just before we started recording this podcast that four-star receiver Anthony Schwartz, who's going to officially visit Auburn in January, and you're thinking, okay, uh, you got to wait till after the visit. Well, no, he says he's going to announce January 4th at the Under Armour All-America game, and Auburn is his leader. So again, if you get him, that means you only have four or five spots left. So it's really getting tight right now. But we're, we're following this week, and I know that's what you're getting at. This week, those are the two main guys we're following, Jerome Carvin. And Jalen Goss, both offensive tackles. Carvin also could be could play guard. He's a one of those guys that can do both. Really talented kid. So keep all keep an eye on those two offensive linemen yeah. here the next few days, and then beyond this first early signing period, there's three more commitments for Auburn who plan to sign in February. Of course, some big names there, including this uh, the one of the latest commitments, the uh, punter. Out of Australia, who is 25 years old, yeah. I, I can't confirm whether he's a grandfather or not. But <laughs> Auburn's had, Auburn's had some success with some uh, some guys in their 20s uh, playing special teams. Tyler Stovall, who uh, has been with the team, he's 28 years old, I think, right wow. now. This yeah, guy, cool. this guy, I kept I keep hearing, and you, I'm certainly certainly you you've heard the same. Very very physical guy, yeah. very strong guy, and he's going to be a punter here at Auburn and. I can't wait to see him when he gets on campus uh, next fall just to see what – you know, I don't think he's going to be your typical punter that comes on the campus. Yeah, by the way, what do you and I have to do to go back to college? Man, I'm 45. I'm dying to go back. I mean, you kidding me? Uh, but anyway, so yeah, Aaron Sipos, he, he kicks for Pro Kick Australia, but he played Australian rules football professionally for five years. And, uh, you know, well-known in Australia. He's got his own Wikipedia page. Not many guys that Auburn's signing have Wikipedia pages. Uh, and, and, you know, decided that, you know, he would give this a try. And that Pro Kick Australia has sent, you know, dozens and dozens of kickers to the United States and has had guys win the Ray Guy Award for National Punter of the Year. I mean, I'll tell you what, they, they've really, 
It's so cool, Brandon. It really is that they have developed this niche down in Australia. And Pro Kick Australia, they bought a, brought a bunch of kids to Auburn last summer. Ironically, Aaron Sipos, who's going to end up at Auburn, was not one of them. But uh, what a great story that they're developing all these great kickers down in Australia and giving those guys a, a wonderful chance to come to America and play uh, to play American ball. But, uh, yeah, he's got, uh, he's got quite a leg. And the, the two other guys – well, we think he's going to sign in February. Like nobody really seems to know with him. Getting information from him and on him has not been easy. But the other two guys expected to sign in February are both four-star commitments. So you got to watch out for this. Why aren't they signing this week? And that's Matthew Hill, the receiver from the Atlanta area, and Connus Miller, a defensive tackle from Birmingham. Now, Matthew Hill grew up an Auburn fan. I think it was his uh, godfather, someone like that, was a runner at Auburn. So he's always loved Auburn. But he, you know, his team made a deep run into the playoffs, so he didn't have a great opportunity to get out there and take official visits. So he wants to use January to visit some schools. Clemson would be the biggest threat. He's a receiver. Clemson likes him at safety. He would rather play receiver. But Clemson's got a lot going for it right now. And quite frankly, by the time he visits, who knows, Brandon, they might have another national championship with a heck of a recruiting class coming in. So you never know. you got to watch out for that. Auburn does feel very good, though, about holding on to him. Connus Miller, the other young man, uh, I think Auburn's in great shape. He's never had the means, really, to visit a lot of places. And so, you know, that's one you really empathize with. You know, you I know a lot of these kids want to sign early and get it over with, but, you know, some of those kids have had a chance to visit schools all over the country. Right. Uh, he hasn't. He hasn't. And, in fact— you know, it was a, a lot of work to get him to Florida and to get him to LSU. And you know what? Him and his family, him and his family want him to have an opportunity to experience other schools and let those schools pay for it. So I suspect he's going to take official visits to Tennessee and maybe Oregon. The school you would be worried about, you would think if you're an Auburn fan, is Alabama. He has been told under no circumstance by Auburn that that will fly. He is not there. <laughs> that ain't happening, okay? And if it does happen, it's not. It's he won't be worrying about what uh, you know. Uh, they won't be worrying about what he's going to do. He'll be worrying about what Auburn's going to do, okay? Uh, but but I will say this: Connus has always been solid to Auburn since he committed. And really, to be honest with you, he's known for a long time. That's where he wanted to go. So uh, I, I don't think there's too much to worry about. And I can report that a few weeks ago, Alabama stopped by his school. Uh, and they asked his coach, you know, can you see if Connus can come down and talk to us? And Connus politely declined. And I think that is very telling right there. I think he's locked in. I think he wants to enjoy his recruitment again. People say, well, why isn't this guy committed? And you know what? Auburn has had coaches, assistant coaches, interviewing for head coaching jobs. It's okay for them to do that, but we right. can't let him take visits, you know. So I think most people understand this. This is a young man that really just wants to get out and experience life, man. And you know what? Who can blame them? Let them have fun. And by the way, you know, what's that? If you it, it set someone free, if they don't return, you know, wasn't meant to be or whatever. I mean, if he goes somewhere and that somehow changes his mind, then it wasn't meant to be anyway. Then his heart was never in it. But I think his heart is in Auburn. I mean, Brandon, he was just there this past weekend just to come down and hang out with the other guys. And I should point out he is very good friends, maybe even best friends with another uh, a guy that's going to sign this week, and that's running back Asa Martin. They want to play together. They're buddies, and I, I don't think there's anything to worry about with, with him. All right, so beyond this signing day, going into February, obviously we know the numbers now. What are the priorities for Auburn, you think, in these last few spots? Yeah, there's a number of scenarios, and I, I laid them out uh, today and tried to anyway. 
on Monday. And it's a little confusing. But the main thing is, look, they got to get, you know, we don't know what they're going to get with linemen, offensive linemen this week. If they if they don't get either one of these guys, let's say, uh, then they got a lot of work to do. But they'd like to sign, uh, land two more linemen on the offensive line. They've got, they've got two committed, uh, Jaleel Irvin out of Atlanta and uh, Cameron Stutz out of Killen. Brooks High School up near Decatur in that area in Alabama. So they've got two guys need two more. High priority, no question about it. Uh, cornerback, high priority. Really, it's that they need a, one or two guys here or there. Again, you only have five or six spots remaining. So, you know, a tight end, they would love to have a tight end. I could see a situation, though, where they wouldn't take one, but they are battling hard for maybe the best tight end in the country, Luke Ford out of Illinois. Georgia leads. Uh, Auburn is second, but it's getting closer. Now Alabama may be creeping back in, and then Texas A&M has offered and could be a factor, but uh, that's something to watch. He likes the fact that, you know, really Auburn doesn't have a player with his skill set. He could yeah. come in, maybe maybe chat, maybe push Jalen Harris for some early playing time. And I, I can tell you, uh, what's his name, uh, the quarterback, J- Jared Stidham. Yeah, well, what's his name? Yeah. <laughs> He's really gotten involved in this recruitment and is is working hard on this young man. So maybe, maybe they'd like to get one more defensive lineman, maybe a defensive end, maybe another pass rusher. They're working on a bunch of guys. Uh, and so, you know, at a certain point, it becomes you're trying to mix the two best, you know, best available first one in the boat. And, and need. You're trying to balance all three of those things together. And I think the main thing, though, two more offensive linemen definitely need one more cornerback. I don't think there's any question about right. that. And the watch right now is Benji Franklin out of, I love that name, Benji Franklin out of Navarro College in Texas. I believe at one time he was maybe committed to Texas out of high school, but didn't have the grades. I can't remember whether he was committed or not, or they had offered him, but he was a player that people thought was a, a high level talent, but just didn't have the academics. He had a very strong fall season this year in junior college, a lot of interceptions, I think six or seven, a lot of pass breakups in the 16 to 17 range. So that's somebody they want. They love to add one more outside linebacker. And the, the beauty is in their system, if you do sign a talented outside linebacker like a Channing Tindall out of South Carolina or a Quay Walker, the Bama commit who Auburn is trying to flip from Georgia, uh, from the state of Georgia. Either one of those guys also could play Buck. So, you know, it's one of those things you get these talented outside backers in and then you you meet as a staff and you work them out on the field and you see what they're best at. Um, but, uh, you know, offensive line and corner to me are the biggies. Absolutely, especially the offensive line. They've really got got to, got to shore up some holes there. Uh, beyond even this season, but going into 2019. Yeah. Um, does Auburn continue its streak here? This will be our last question on the show. Yeah. Continue yeah. the streak of top 10 classes and make it six straight going into February. Yeah, I'm going to say yes, because they're sitting at number nine right now. You know, and quite frankly, if um, quite frankly, if you if you look at it, They've got a chance. There's some four stars still on the board. You know, five or six spots remaining. If two or three of them are four stars, I think they'll definitely be in the top ten. And if you hit a home run, you know, with a Richard Garage, a a four-star offensive tackle out of Tampa, or William Barnes, an Army All-American guard-slash-tackle out of Apopka, Florida, if you land one or two of those guys, you know, I think they could go up as high as fifth or sixth maybe in that range, but they'd have to, they'd have to basically hit on all the biggies coming in. But I think a top 10, you're looking at maybe getting Anthony Schwartz on January 4th. That's one more four star. So maybe two more four stars will, 
will clinch it. But uh, you know, not bad considering they were sitting outside the top fifty back in in the middle of the summer. And by the way, that happens sometimes because you know you're you're selective and you're taking your time. But it always looks funny when you look at the rankings and you see Hawaii ahead of Alabama and Auburn or something like that. And that's what it looked like in June. And it really. Shedrick Jackson of all recruits really got the ball rolling with his late June commitment. And since then, Auburn has really taken off. And, you know, I think winning in November, those two big games, I think that helped. They had the two big commitments on Thanksgiving Day from two four-stars, Buck linebacker Richard Gibbonor and four-star receiver Seth Williams. I mean, it, it's been a nice run the week after they picked up four-star linebacker Zacoby McLean. There's probably not going to be a five-star recruit in this class, Brandon, but the overall average rating per commit again 20 commits the average rating per commit is over four stars that's good that means you've got quality and you've got quantity you know maybe there's no superstar five star but who's to say some of these guys on the team like Quindarius Monday and Jamie Sherwood don't end up playing like five stars so I think they're doing a good job but again they've got a lot of work ahead and I'm, I'm really keeping a close eye on the offensive line I don't think with the two remaining spots they can afford to to take projects. I think they need guys that can contribute fairly early in their careers. Yeah, absolutely. Those first two years are, are really premium for Auburn, getting offensive linemen who can contribute in their first two years uh, with the way the uh, uh, the depth is sorting itself out now after this upcoming season. Keith, thank you so much uh, for all the intel, the information. Of course, Keith and, and our team is going to be right on top of this early signing period. Wednesday's the big day. We're going to have all kinds of uh, nuggets, of course, throughout the day at our signing day central led by Keith. Uh, a lot of coverage. You don't want to miss that. And who knows, something might pop up between now and Wednesday. It's something always happens uh, oh, on the recruiting trail. Yeah, don't say that. But uh, no, it's <laughs> exciting. I mean, well, we're all curious to see how it works out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, we'll see. It's going to be fun. Thanks for listening to the Auburn Undercover Recruiting Special Podcast. Early signing period starts Wednesday. Make sure to go to auburnundercover.com for full coverage.